Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Oh, it's episode 21 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. Tyler Uremchuk and Cam Lewis with you to recap a four-game set against the Boston Red Sox. That was so close to ending beautifully, Cam. It was so close. It was right there for him, right there. Oh, more than once. It was all told. It was a weird little sandwich. You know, you had the two pieces in the middle that were great, a couple of spankings, the one huge spanking, and then you have the two pieces of bread that were rotten, which was game one where the relievers pooped. And then game four where Vladdy almost gave us a beautiful win, but the relievers again pooped. And it's frustrating. And they could have swept. They could have. They were right there. They could have swept the series. Could have won all four games, but they didn't. They won two. Three up, three down is going to be a busy one because there is a lot to get to there. But before we even get to that, uh, some of the stuff we won't cover there, Vlad Guerrero Jr. stepping up to the plate, two outs, top of the ninth, down by one, at Fenway and hitting a ball that Buck Martinez described as going nine miles. I mean, he obliterated that thing. Twitter was absolutely buzzing right now. Um, Again, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but basically someone said, if you have Vlad up to bat with no one on and you're in the lead, you're up by one, you are just the biggest of idiots if you throw him a strike. And not even throwing him a strike, like threw him a pretty easy to hit curveball kind of right just above his knees. Yeah. Part of me, part of me shocked. It's like at this point, why the fuck are you still pitching to Vladdy? What are you doing? What are you doing? He's got like a 1200 OPS. He's in everything. But I mean, I also to be fair to the Red Sox and Matt Barnes, as I call him on Twitter, Matt bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Teoscar right after Vladdy. Teoscar can hit a dinger. So you yep. don't want to go down to one, I guess, but like, let's be real here. Like, I don't know. Like, if I was pitching, all respect to Teoscar, but I would much rather pitch Teoscar Hernandez than Vladdy, right? Like, let's be serious here. Why are you not walking him in that situation? I don't get it. It's, it's mind-numbing to me, but sure, good for you, Matt Barnes. Like, whatever. Like, be a hero, buddy. Congrats. He, he just absolutely obliterated that baseball. And for a game that was frustrating to watch from an offensive perspective, I mean, even the one the one sort of inning, it looked like they were starting to get something going. It was Vlad single. Hey, Oscar gets on on a ball that just squeaks through the in or gets through the infield on the ground. And then it's Gritchuk coming up, grounding into a double play. And like, it's felt like the Jays struggled to get any sort of momentum going that entire game. 
And then right whenever they would, they found a way to quickly piss it away. And Vlad doing that felt like a moment that was like, all right, it's going to like save them here. They're going to get a chance to force this into extras. And that's, that's just what's so frustrating to me. Again, we'll get into the Dolise thing and all that and three up, three down. But like, if you would have just won one of these close games, because like you said, you spanked them twice. If you would have found a way to squeak out one close victory, you're coming out of that series with three out of four against the Red Sox, and you're feeling so good to go play a beat-up Yankees team. And it's just, this team can't keep letting these games slip if they want to get back, get into a wild-card conversation down the stretch. You can't. No. You can't keep blowing no. shit like this. It's inexcusable like now. This. You have to beat these teams. We talked about this last time. You, you, you know, like we said, uh, they're playing. Um, it was seven games against the Red Sox and the Yankees, and I said you'd like to go seven and five. At the very worst, you need to go four and three. You have mm-hmm. to jump these teams. You cannot finish fourth in the American League East. You will not make the playoffs if it happens. Even if you finish third in the AL East, there's a pretty good chance you're not going to make the playoffs because they have to finish above one of Oakland or Houston, whoever doesn't win the division. So, like, you got to get up there to number two if you want to be in the mix. And to get to number two, you got to beat the fucking Red Sox. They're not that good. They're in the middle of a rebuild. Like, you got to win these games. Like, it's it's a damn shame. It's frustrating. Like, they could have won all four of these things. And this honestly reminds me so much of the first half of 2015 when they're hitting everything and it was crazy. And then they were just finding ways to lose games. You know, you had... Lord knows what fucking relievers on that team. The yeah. most random group of guys before, you know, they went and all the all in at the deadline and they figured it out. But you know, the, 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 the foundation's there. I mean, their, their run differential is huge. I think it's a plus 50 right now. Thanks to that 71 to two win or whatever it was this weekend on Sunday, like that helped a lot, but they're significantly you know, in the green for run differential, their Pythagorean wins loss has them way better than their actual record. So, you know, it's just like 2015. It's really the exact same thing. So it's time to go all in and acquire some guys and win some fucking games. And sooner rather than later, because again, you need to start building up some momentum quickly. You mentioned, you, you said the phrase, like they were finding ways to lose games back in 2015. And that's what it is right now. And you need to find ways to win games because right now all their dub, all their dubs are convincing. Out of their last six wins, only one of them is by less than four runs, and it was the 6-5 win over Miami. Go back through their last couple of losses, though. One run, one <laughs> run, three runs against the White Sox. But again, that was one where their offense easily could have picked up a victory for them. Like yeah. they, You just got to stop losing these close games at some point here. It's just it's really annoying, man. And again, we're getting to that point here where, and even last year, like, you know, I was in on that team, but it didn't feel the same because it was a 60 no. game season. I'm back to the point I was in 2015, 16, where the results of this team directly affects my mood for the next 24 hours. And now I'm going to be a fucking grouch until they beat the shit out of the Yankees tomorrow. So I'm just they better. Well, we'll get to that later. Yeah, they we'll better. get to that later. Oh, shit, they better. Uh, Let's get into three up, three down. It's brought to you by Twig and Berries. As always, check them out at twigandberries.ca. Use that promo code NATION15. They got some good Father's Day stuff on there. So don't forget about Father's Day. Free shipping on orders over $75 within Canada. Uh, We will start two out of two. Should we start with the downs or the ups? (sighs) I don't know. What do you want to go to the way first? Like it's, it's a recent negative. So I feel like let's jump, yeah, okay. jump into the bad. Let's jump into the shitty stuff. Okay. Let's, let's, yeah, let's we'll, take the we'll, shitty I stuff. I think we're both pretty pissed off. So let's complain. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, well, starting game one, that didn't go well. Uh, they, the drop, they drop a 6-5 decision at a moment where they were up in that game 5-1, to one, yeah. heading into the bottom of the sixth, and they find a way to give up five unanswered runs. And you talked about, you know, the bullpen kind of taking a shit. Ross Stripling had a rough end to his outing as yeah. well, although he, he looked good for a bit there again, and it looked like they were going to find a way to, you know, weasel another solid start out of Ross Stripling. Things fell apart in a hurry. And once again, we've bitched about it for a while. It's just finding a way to lose a ball game late. It is exactly that. I mean, you know, Ross Stripling, like he couldn't keep going. Like you, that's, it's a difficult situation for Charlie Montoya. And I know a lot of people are going to want to crap on him. Like I'm not here to be a cheerleader for Charlie and say that he's perfect. But I mean, you know, let's be real. Like the bullpen's bad. Like there aren't very many good arms back there and you want to get Ross stripling through six, because that means you only have three innings to navigate and it just didn't happen. He kind of like lost his gas. Like, you know, stripling's figured it out, but he's not that good. He's not an ACE. You can't get him through the Boston Red Sox order three, four times. And then you go to Chatwood and he melts down again. Like it seemed like he had his shit together the last time he was out, but then again, he's completely lost the strike zone. And then, you know, Carl's junior, Carl Edwards junior comes in and, allows the dinger and it's like i mean who do you turn to you can't use jordan romano for three innings every single game like what do you do there's nobody back there and that's it and this is a frustrating ass loss to lose specifically i mean like everyone's going to be beaten up over the monday game after vladdy hit his dinger but this one was worse like they were a 5-1 in this one ready to set the tempo for the whole weekend and then this really showed the complete lack of depth they have in the bullpen because the whole reason they had to keep stripling out is there's no nobody else there's you don't have else. enough arms to get yourself you to don't. the end of that game especially no. in a four-game series where you got to save some guys because again like you said you can't just throw romano out there every time you're in a little bit of trouble no you can't it's like you know you don't want ross stripling pitching six seven innings because no. then he's you know facing a guy for a fourth time and you know xander bogarts or jd martinez facing ross stripling four times in one game no that's not ideal but who do you throw out there who who's, who, who who bridges the gap in the seventh inning nobody it's a disaster it that's all where the, we're at. all the issues and all really a lot of the topics right now tie into each other so well so i'm I, i'm trying not to nope. blow through everything we're going to talk about in like 30 seconds uh so we'll go <laughs> on we'll go on to the second down and i'm going to skip ahead to the bullpen again and i didn't love the decision to go with dolice in the bottom of the ninth when you're facing the heart of the order don't save anyone put your best guy out there and i understand like the whole you know you can't just throw romano out there every night but as someone uh, like he's pitched twice in the last 13 days and Scott Mitchell from TSN sent out a tweet like while we're recording right now. And he said, not sure we're getting the full health picture with Romano, to be honest, shocking to y'all. I know that's just gonna like, no okay. shit. <laughs> so there, there, there are two things happening right now, either a Charlie and, and the staff, cause it is a staff thing as well. At some point, Charlie and the staff didn't want to use Romano in the ninth. That's inexcusable. That's a boneheaded decision. If if the actual if what's actually happening is that we're not getting the full picture on Romano's health, and this organization is lying to its fan base for no reason once again, again. about a player's again. health, that's gonna piss me off a lot too. I've been pissed off about that all season. Like, ah, oh, it's just ugly, man. What whatever the truth is, either they're lying about his health or they're not using their best reliever in a high leverage situation. Either one of those are equally as fucking terrible to me. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I, I came on tonight planning to be the character foil to defend Charlie. 
or the algorithm or whoever makes this decision, but <laughs> using not your closer in the ninth inning against Alex Verdugo, JD Martinez, Xander Bogars, and Raphael Devers is a bad decision. I mean, this mm-hmm. is, you know, we've moved past this in baseball at this point. We, we don't need to use your closer in a save situation when you're going to be facing Bobby Dahlbeck and whoever the fuck else is on the Red Sox beyond those four guys. I just, whatever other guys hitting 186 at the bottom of their order. Like they they have four good guys. It is what it is. Like, I don't know who the rest of the guys are on the team who cares. And then, yeah. So that's exactly where you want to use your closer. And Charlie opted the algorithm opted not to do that. But now there's worry is Jordan Romano injured because good Lord, if he is, that's not good. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah we've already we've already we've already whined about the bullpen being thin and oof if you lose if you lose uh romano now every Yikes. every week that goes by every podcast we record that the jays don't go out and get a reliever and acquire one make a big trade they're jeopardizing the season and they're it's potentially hard. they're potentially wasting a season from vlad jr and i understand like to, to play devil's advocate to my own argument here, I understand it's a thin line to walk because as you get closer to the deadline, hypothetically, prices should go down. The few teams selling right now are going to be charging a premium. If you can somehow find a way to get through the next month once you're after the uh, the All-Star game, maybe prices drop and you can get, you know, three relievers for the price you would have paid to get two right now or something like that. However the fuck the calculation would work out and the market would change. But man, you're taking a risk right now. And you got a guy who's having a historic season in the middle of your order and an offense that I mean, tonight aside, I guess has been doing just really, really good things recently. I just, you're, you're playing a dangerous game. If you keep waiting is my point. Um, those were three downs. I have a couple of bonus ones. I want to throw out there. Kevin Biggio's defense in the last game was not good. Did that, did they mark that as an error? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But no, like, see, that was... and that's the other thing too. Like we talk about fielding percentage all the time and that's how it's irrelevant. like not a re- it's an irrelevant stat because that Biggio play, if you have it as a slightly above average defender in that spot and I understand he's playing yep. the shift, things might be hard. But if you have a slightly above average defender in that spot, that play gets fucking made. And the play earlier yep. in the game gets made as well, which was almost identical. And also there was a play he did make where he cut in front of Bo Bichette to make the throw. And don't cut in front of your shortstop, man. He's running forward at the ball. You're running sideways. Let the guy running forward make the play. I Biggio's yeah. defense didn't impress. Yeah. I, it's a shame because it 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 you know he came off the injured the injured list and it looked like he had a pretty good series. Like he hit well. Know, he was having he was having good at bats and he was hitting and it was like yeah, a cool little moment where all three of them hit a dinger in the same game. You're like ooh, that's fun. Like that's nice. And then we kind of got grounded back down to earth, realizing that he isn't that good. <laughs> there was even there was a play earlier in the game that looked like a tailor-made double play ball and they only yep. got the one out at second because Biggio's throw sucked and it took him forever to get it off so there's three plays in one game where he did subpar shit but didn't get tagged with an error on any of them and that's why you no. can't be talking no. about you need to watch the games a little yeah. bit to get the fielding oh, picture there it is right there Gotta i'm watch sorry well like that wrong. is true wrong. when it comes to fielding you know it i'm an is. analytics no, guy but in this agree. case agree. If i like i'm usually generally like more of a stats guy, whether it's hockey or baseball. But if there's one place where you can tell via the eye test, it really is defense. Like you can, you can tell when you watch the fucking game, who's good at playing defense. Let's be real mm-hmm. here. Like, you know, you, you always look at the, the fan, fan graph, sabermetrics and some of them, it's like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Like I remember Justin smoke in particular always had terrible 
defensive stats on fan graphs. And you're like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like I watch this guy. He's really good. Like, and you watch Vigio, he's a disaster. I mean, <laughs> that was a game changer today in the ninth inning. Like, let's be real here. Like, if Dolis doesn't have to deal with the first runner being on, maybe we're not freaking out about the bullpen right now. Maybe we're like, oh, yeah, it was right to bring Dolis in. He's nails. <laughs> I mean, he's not, but, like, <laughs> that might be the narrative right now. Um, the other down I had was whatever that umpire was doing in the ninth inning when Barnes was pitching. Because he gives gives Barnes the call on the outside corner, even though the pitch was like two inches off the plate. Then he gives Barnes the pitch on the inside corner to Bichette when that pitch was two inches off the plate. And then Dolise comes up and puts one in the exact same spot that Bichette got called on, and it's a ball. And that, I was, man, I was so mad. There are like 20 things that pissed me off about this ball game. Oh, man. Anyways, those are the downs. Let's be positive. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about the bullpen again, and you mentioned about how it's a bit of a challenge to, you know, acquire a guy and it's like mid June and, you know, teams all see the Jays have their bullpens, a clusterfuck. And everyone knows that if Ross Atkins jumps on the phone, then he's stressed out and he needs to make a move. But, you know, in late May of 2016, they got Jason Grilly and it was, um, yeah, it was uh, late July in 2016. They got Joaquin Benoit and it's the Grilly one specifically that stands out. It's like, yeah. damn, they found their like, game-changing veteran reliever in late May. So it's like, yeah, there's no doubt that it's going to be hard for Adkins to, you know, find a game-changing reliever here. Like, teams are going to be priming to fleece the Jays right now, given how many times the relievers have crapped in recent games. But I don't know. They've done it before. So, like, you know, (laughs) I mean, it's kind of dumb for me to be like, go and find your 2016 fucking Jason Grilly, which is one of the most insane lightning in a bottle acquisitions we'll ever see the team make. But it's like, can't you just do that again for fuck's sakes? Like, can you please just do it again? Like we'd all love to see that. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's move on to the ups here. Cause we are uh, this pod. We're already like almost 20 minutes deep here on the pod. Um, and you're almost 20 beers how deep many, on the podcast. How many QMZ. fucking drinks deep are we? That's the question. <laughs> I only I only brought the one beer into into my little office okay. studio with me, so I gotta yeah. I'll be office taking studio. Um, it's, a, it's, the, a, it's a it's a bedroom. It's a bedroom. <laughs> bed near. There's like an old chair. All right. Uh, the ups. We will start with Robbie Ray, who had a really good outing in the blowout victory in Game Three. Uh, Robbie Ray went six innings, only allowed four hits, three earned runs, but struck out ten. Walked three was nice to see Robbie Ray put together a solid performance. Kind of simple as that, right? Oh yeah. It's really that easy. Like this guy's had like two bad starts this year. He's been unreal. Like at this point, I know, um, I remember I said like on one of the earlier podcasts back in like April, I was like, is Robbie Ray the best guy on the staff? And you're like, well, fuck you. Would you rather have Robbie Ray pitching in the wildcard game or Hinjin Ryu? And I was like, ah, Hinjin Ryu. And now I'm kind of like, hmm? maybe Robbie Ray is better. Maybe, maybe. Maybe he is. Yeah. I'm not going to buy that quite yet, sure. but we'll see. You know what? We'll Maybe what I will. Be. Let's, let's, let's generate like a, uh, let's generate a rift here between the two of us. And I'm a Robbie Ray guy now. Okay. That, that'll be the storyline. He's the ace to. of the staff. And I think you're wrong. He looked good, man. He looked really good. Like I'm, I'm just, look, I'm looking at his nice game. Those tight little pants too. I'm looking at his game logs right now. And like, it's a lot yeah. of just really, six really 6.1, six. There was the bad one there against the Yanks, seven, five and two thirds, six, six, six point two, six. Woo. God, that's good. He's given up. Sign him or? He's given up nine earned runs in his last 23 innings by my count. That's really good. 
Oh, now and I just also, now that I'm looking at his game logs, I just saw the uh, game against the White Sox in which he struck out 13 guys and lost. And now I'm angry again. 23 Ks in his last six or 12 and a third innings. That's pretty dang good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty fucking good. All right. Can't complain uh, there. It's positive. Big stay, win. Staying with that game where they beat the piss out of the Red Sox 18 to four, the home runs. That was just a lot of fun to watch. Hernandez with two, Gurriel, Semyon, Bichette, Biggio, Guerrero Jr., and Telez all hitting bombs. It is a record for a visiting team at Fenway Park. Nice to be on the right side of history there. Um, just really, really impressive stuff. And again, that shows you, like, I know every team in the majors will usually have one game a year where they like find a way to randomly blow up and everything goes their way. But with this Jays team, it feels a little bit more meaningful when it's these guys just putting on an absolute show like this with the home runs. Yeah, it was, it's really fun to see the whole Bo, Vlad, and Biggio all hit a home run yeah. in the same game. It's like, oh, wow. This is like, I feel like I'm watching the New Hampshire Fisher Cats in 2018 and I'm jerking off to what they might do in the future. And then it happens. And you're like, oh, wow, that's yeah. so cool. Like they actually did it. And yeah, what can you say? Like, Jesus Christ, like this team knows how to fucking hit. My but, question to people who have the ability to look up stats like this, <laughs> um, which maybe I fucking do, I don't know. Uh, have they ever, so the three of them have hit a home run in the same game in the majors. Have they done it in AAA? Have they done it in A? And has there ever been a trio of teammates who have done that at every level and all hit a home run in the same game going up? That sounds like something like Elias Sports Bureau could really dig through and find out for us, I'll, but uh, I don't have those kind of connections. I'll fire off a DM to minor leaguer and ask him to figure it out. That's something That's something he could handle. Uh, Charlie, you know what? Okay, no, I'm not going to get to the Charlie quote that I just... No more Charlie. <laughs> okay, we're going to finish. It. We're going to finish the ups. We're going to be positive. Alec <laughs> None Man of this has been positive. <laughs> Oh, it's funny. We talked about the home runs and Robbie we're like, Ray. Those oh, are we're positive. so happy the Jays are hitting dingers and we're just noticeably mad about it. Alec Manoa was fucking unreal tonight. And good. he goes six innings. He only allows one earned. He strikes out five, but he steps up with his pitch count in the 80s and the two, three, four hitters coming up for the Boston Red Sox. And he strikes out the side. Some really, really, really good hitters. And he just stared him down and got him. And in particular, the battle with Verdugo, where Verdugo is calling time and Manoa just does not give in and finds a way to strike him out and is fired up as he jumps off the mound. That got me going. I was feeling it. The That's big what I was man. talking about. That's what I was saying. Big man, like, call him up. Everyone's going to be excited about it. Everyone's going to be happy. Like, this is what we all need. We need Alec Manoa in the mix. It's going to get everybody fired up. And that's kind of like the nice general positive to draw from this series. Like, I don't think anybody can be super excited about doing two and two with Boston. It's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty mediocre outcome to be totally honest with you. But at the end of the day, like in the big picture, like the bats went completely insane and that was sick. But the one really big thing from this series, I think was the fact that Alec Manoa came into Fenway and was extremely good against the Red Sox, you know, six innings, only four hits, one walk. And he was, you know, staring guys down and being crazy and striking them out in key spots. And it's like, that is the, you know, that's the starter that the Blue Jays need, right? Like, you know, he had his, his first start at Yankee Stadium. It was unreal. But I think we're all kind of skeptical, skeptical about the Yankees lineup. It's kind of dog shit. They kind of suck. So, you know, he put it up against the Yankees. That was sick. But then he had a couple of eh, 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 outings after that. But then he goes into Fenway against, a, I think, a strong lineup. I think the Red Sox lineup is good. 
The top like, of their lineup is really, really yeah, good. it is. Like the, the big four they have, right? But I think the Red Sox are frauds largely because their pitching is, there's no way it's good, mm-hmm. but their lineup is good, you know, especially the big four. And Manoa was excellent against them. And it's like, well, this guy is a major league starter and that's exactly what the team needs and that's what they have. So that's fantastic to see. That's a positive from the series. It's, it's a big win. This is twice in a podcast. I'm going to sound like the eye test guy, but he, he has a knack for big moments. And that's pretty clear. Like the Yankee stadium first start his first start at Fenway. And they talked on the broadcast about his connection to the Massachusetts area. Like all of that. Manoa has been just so much fun to watch. It's, it's, it's appointment viewing when he's on the mound. It is. It's um, he has the same thing going on as Marcus Stroman, but it's a little bit more fun because he's not four foot six. And it's like, this guy's big. And That's what makes it up. more fun is just that it he's does. not it's short. Like, I don't know. I couldn't get excited about the Marcus Stroman thing because the Napoleon complex turns me off. I don't like it. I think it's weird. But Manoa doing it, that's cool as fuck. This is a big man. Like, it's sick. Uh, I know that sounds that sounds shitty, but sorry. <laughs> All right. And now we're going to turn our attention because we're done. Three up, three down. Brought to you by Twig and Berries. Promo code NATION15 gets 15% off. A couple of tweets from Rob Longley. Uh, fantastic Jays reporter. Give him a follow at Longley Sun Sport. And uh, Alec Manoa, he passes along, is the first pitcher in Blue Jays history to throw three plus innings and allow four hits or fewer as a starter in each of his first four career games. So historic shit coming here from Manoa in regards to the Blue Jays. I know that sounds like a bit of a weird stat, but in his first four starts, he's gone at least three innings and allowed four hits or fewer. That's good. That's good shit. Yeah, you said it the first time. I didn't absorb anything you said. I have I know, no idea what you're talking about, but that sounds great. Like, Whatever. Manoa's sick. Like I just said, he's a big man. And now we'll get to the Rob Longley tweet that pissed me off. Blue Jays manager Charlie Montoyo on bullpen usage tonight. Romano is available if we take the lead. Tie game, Dolis. You need to get so to is. extras to win. Romano's was apparently available. You need to get to extras to win the game, Charlie. This is a trip. You, just get to the 10th. Let your offense try to win it. A runner's going to start on second base. I just whoever's, whoever's listening to this is watching us in real time react to determining whether or not Jordan Romano is actually injured. And it's, we don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah. We've it's been fucking weird. Like, reading tweets while we drink beer and record a podcast. It's jarring. Like, is he, is he healthy? Is he fine? What's going on? Charlie says if that's is. the case and he is fine. Why the fuck did, wasn't he pitching today? That sucks. That's stupid. Like you need uh, to use your best guy against Boston's best guys in that game winning situation. It's that simple. And I came into this podcast. We talked about it before you yeah. were going to spaz out and I was going to be reasonable and now I'm spazzing out and I'm not happy that I'm spazzing out because I wanted to be reasonable, but Charlie's not letting me be reasonable because he's doing stupid shit. Yeah. Um, our friend BK with some strong takes on the Twitter, Twitter machine as well. He said uh, he quote tweeted that, Uh, the thing about Romano being available and says you plucked a manager from the Tampa Bay Rays organization and you somehow stumbled into the only one who's apparently never seen a spreadsheet before. And he follows it up with, I haven't been a big Charlie hater. I've been kind of met on him without a strong opinion either way, but this quote has broken me. I'd like to see a new manager by next season. Um, If they don't turn things around and if they keep blowing games late, I understand he can't make chicken soup out of chicken shit. But decisions like this cost you baseball games and cost you ground in the standings against a team you're directly trying to catch. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. It is. And a positive really is. guy like BK, if he's getting broken, we oh, should God. all be broken. If BK is um, going hard on a, yeah. a decision like this, then damn. 
because he's usually pretty reasonable. He's usually a pretty pro what they're doing guy, but he's not wrong. Like what he says is, you know, you, 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 you grabbed a guy from one of the most progressive organizations and not just baseball, but, you know, professional sports, like what the Rays have going on is wildly impressive. We all know that, like they, you know, have a $17,000 budget and they put together an amazing team every year. And, you know, they seem to have found the one guy in the organization that seems to be anti-stat, which is really bizarre. It's, it's really quite strange, but I, I do, to be completely honest with you, think that the whole thing with Charlie is to have a good, sentimental manager to be around the young guys as they break into the league. He's a nice guy. He's chill. He allows for room for error for young players as they're learning. And I do think that when push comes to shove and the Jays compete and they go for it, then there will be a different guy in the mix. I don't know if that's this year, but eventually one day. All righty. Let's keep going on here into our other worth mentioning topics. Uh, Good news on the injury front. George Springer will start a rehab assignment Tuesday and Julian Merriweather could be back by the end of the month. That will help the bullpen if Merriweather's back by the end of the month. Granted, that's still 15 to 16 days away. That's a Uh, big if. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But there's just reading those two things, there's a chance that both of those names and they would both really help this team right now, obviously could be back by the end of June. I know we don't want to be happy right now, but that's encouraging. No, it's true. I mean, it is, it is, it is kind of funny to think about the lineup and it's like, Oh yeah, this, you know, they're, they're killing it. They're, they're hitting everything. And it's like, Oh yeah, they don't have George Springer playing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I feel like I'm with most people when I say I've honestly completely forgotten that guys on the team. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think that's insane to say, like, I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here. I'm one of the freaks who's in the sports net comment section being like, why'd they pay this bum? He's injured. He's soft. No, I'm not doing that. But like, I, the lineup is killing it. And Vlad's been so good. And like, that's going to be a hell of an addition when he gets chaos, her back. Oh yeah. Guys are hitting and it's been sick and you're going to get George Springer in the lineup. What the fuck? That's going to be crazy. But George Springer is not a relief pitcher. And Merriweather is though. He is when he's healthy for the 17 innings of the past nine years of his career. Like, (laughs) let's be real here. Like Julian Merriweather was amazing in the Yankees series. And there's some uh, genuine concern that maybe that's just the highlight of his major league career. Like you never know, this guy's always injured and I wouldn't hedge too many bets on him being healthy. Like it's a positive if he is, but no, he's not my mid season addition via you know you when 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 guys get healthier like oh it's like a trade deadline acquisition Eh, well no it isn't because it's a guy you already had but i'm not i'm not i'm not sitting here being like julian merriweather is going to be the savior i don't i don't i don't think that's no it's not reasonable uh steven matz has covid so he is going (laughs) on the 10-day il that is not great news uh going into this upcoming series against the yankees i I'm not sure they're going to go re Ryu and then they're going to go stripling and then they're going to go bullpen day. God, that would be awful. Imagine yeah. a bullpen day. They can't even do innings seven to nine. Imagine innings one to nine. <laughs> God, but then what else are they going to do? Call it fucking TJ Zoic. Maybe. I don't know. Like I honestly don't know what they do now. That's yeah, ugly. I, it sucks. It's the Mats thing sucks. It's another fucking injury, if you want to call it that. 
Um, whatever. At least the good news is the Jays have hit that 85% threshold. So like the rules get relaxed on like contact tracing and all that. So at least they don't have to lose like six guys because of this and like have guys sitting out while they wait for like back-to-back negative tests and all this shit. So at least it's only mats, but. And they can also now not wear masks in the dugout. Yes. For the first time all season. So exciting. Uh, we're going to keep skipping along here because uh, we've... Oh, we got so many things. Well, we've so we've stuff. eaten up a ton of time, too. Uh, Vlad has the most All-Star Game votes in the entire majors. Marcus Semyon is also leading his position to be an All-Star Game starter. Um, those two probably deserve to be All-Stars. How many All-Stars do the Jays have? Uh, you know, I have to look at the competition because yeah. it's like I, I kind of forget like who's good and who's bad and, and how many guys are on the team even, like, this is a conversation have? we have to prepare for. I shouldn't have oh, just thrown it at you. So much thought into this, but yeah. on the top of my head, mm. like Vladdy will be there for sure. Sammy will be there for sure. You can make an argument for Bo and Tay Oscar, Greedshock, uh, Ryu, Ray. Uh, yeah, maybe. Grichuk. Maybe. Yeah. Grichuk. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Jesus Christ. Um, I'm in your head with it now. <laughs> I know. That's a tough one. It is. A, it's a hard it one. A one. one. Um, yeah. yeah they have a handful one. of guys that that'll be in competition. We'll have a more in-depth conversation on that when the time comes. Uh, next up for the Blue Jays, it is three against the New York Yankees. Uh, they're in Buffalo, though, so it is a home set for the Blue Jays. The Yanks are going Montgomery and then Garrett Cole, who has allowed seven earned runs in his last 11 yes. innings pitched. He can no longer yes. put spider tack in his glove. He is getting lit the fuck up recently. It. It's glorious. I love it. I love and it. I love it. It's great. I hope the Jays just beat the fucking wheels off him this week. Uh, and then finally, it'll be King going in the final game. And I will be 100% honest. I've never heard of this guy. Michael King gets the start for the Yankees. He is 0-3 this year with a 3.77 ERA. Was a round 12 pick of the Miami Marlins. Went to Boston College. Now everyone listening knows as much about Michael King as I do. Yeah, the Michael King thing is based on the like three Yankees fans I follow on Twitter. They really liked him as a reliever. They're like, well, this guy, like he can pitch two innings. He's great. And now they're, Jays would love him. now they're using him as a starter and they're like, fuck this guy. So he sounds like their version of Ross Stripling. All right. So you're telling me he's due for a heater right away. But I don't know. <laughs> but all I have written down is King, not a King, a peasant. That is what the Jays will be trying to make him look like when he gets to start in the eventual series finale. At least that's what we're projecting. Uh, the Yankees right now on a three-game losing streak. They're three and seven in their last ten. They are sixteen and twenty-one against teams better than five hundred. This is a Yankees team that is struggling right now, having one of their worst starts to the season since the late nineties. Uh, right for the picking, like fuck, pedal to the floor, Toronto. Let's sweep these guys. Yes, let's do it. You have a give a chance to fuck them up at home in front of your Buffalo fans. Yeah. Um, no, there's probably going to be a lot of Yankees fans there, which sucks. I don't like that. Nobody wants that. I don't want to see a bunch of weird New Yorkers there making noise, but it's a reality because you're in Buffalo. But in their you know. last fi- in their last five games, the Yankees have allowed 32 runs against. They're coming off being swept by the Phillies in a two-game series where they allowed <sighs> 15 runs against. They are struggling to keep runs off the board. They get to face a Toronto Blue Jays team who game three of this series aside was hitting the ball pretty well at Fenway. They get to go back to Buffalo where they hit the ball pretty well. I have high hopes for this series, Coombsy. I know expecting a sweep at any point is foolish, but we talked about 2015 and those sort of moments where they found a way 
to turn that season around and get into the mix. I'm looking at the team right now and, and going, you have a three game set against the Yankees. If you can do something really, really good here, you then get to go three against the Orioles, two against the Marlins, four against the Orioles, and then a series against the Mariners. There is a stretch of baseball coming up here where you can put together a really, really impactful heater. And it starts with taking three from the Yankees coming up here. I want a sweep. I'm hunting for a sweep. I'll be happy with two out of three, but a sweep, man. It would just, it'd be so nice if we can sit here on Thursday night, record a podcast and be talking about the Blue Jays taking all three from the Yanks. Yes. If they sweep the Yankees, the Yankees will in mid-June be 33 and 35. That is what we all want. All of us, every single one of us, we all want that. It's, it's still probably a little premature to be saying this, but if the Jays were to hypothetically, and maybe we shouldn't be, I don't believe in jinxes. So I'm not even going to say that if the Jays were to take all three from the Yankees, you could be ending their season in mid June. Cause yeah. they're not, they're not coming back from that shit. If you're that many games back in a division with that many quality teams in front of you, you are in all likelihood. They have a rough dead. schedule coming up. No, it's not that bad. It's um, so they play Toronto and then they got three against Oakland, three against Kansas city. And then they're in Boston and the angels and the Mets. So it's not a terrible schedule for them, but if they get swept by the Jays and then they got to go ahead and play the A's mm-hmm. things could get real dark for them, get real fucked up. And that's what Hopefully. we want. We want them to deal with, we want them to deal with pain. We want them to suffer. The Jays are eight games back of the Tampa Bay Rays. The Yankees are eight and a half back. And uh, in the wild card race, Toronto currently sits three and a half back of the Houston Astros with uh, Cleveland sandwiched right in between those two ball clubs. Come on. So hopefully Toronto can start to make some hay here and continue to inch a little bit closer to a wild card spot. Uh, Coombsy, this was an exciting episode of the podcast. I wish it would have been a bit more of an uplifting episode of the podcast, but Charlie Montoyo didn't want to use Jordan Romano in a tie game. So here we are. This is true. Let's hope things are better on Thursday. If the Jays don't pull off a sweep, we're going to freak the fuck out. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio. If you have a second and you've been enjoying the podcast, do us a solid. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. It would be a massive help. Shout out to Twig and Berries and our friends at Viridian Global who have the Dome Sweet Dome shirt up at Nation Gear. This has been episode 21 of Blue Jays Nation Radio for Cam Lewis. I'm Tyler Ramjack. We'll talk to you again on Thursday. Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.